This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Tonight, widespread destruction, the aftermath of Hurricane Laura. Multiple fatalities after the powerful storm slammed the Gulf Coast, leaving nearly a million without power. The stunning images from above. Everywhere you look, there is damage. The hurricane cuts through Louisiana like a buzzsaw with 150 mile an hour winds and the dangerous chemical fire still burning tonight. Plus a family's loss. We speak to the sisters of a 14 year old girl killed by a falling tree. I tried to wake her up and she wouldn't wake up. Calls for justice. The officer who shot Jacob Blake is identified. What police are saying about the moments leading up to the seven shots that left him paralyzed. Historic day in sports. NFL teams join the extraordinary walkout by the NBA, WNBA, MLB and Major League Soccer. All in protest of the shooting of Jacob Blake. Tonight, CBS's James Brown talks to players and coaches demanding change. The Mets, Dominic Smith. People still don't care. The president's big night. The convention speech on the White House South Lawn in front of a crowd of more than a thousand. Why Kamala Harris is on the attack tonight about how the president has handled the coronavirus pandemic. Donald Trump froze. He was scared. Testing breakthrough. A $5 COVID rapid test wins emergency approval with results on your phone. The president orders 150 million as the U.S. death toll climbs to 180,000. And the wedding was canceled, so the bride and groom brought the reception to a shelter for women and children. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening and thank you for joining us. We are going to begin with the rising death toll and utter devastation caused by Hurricane Laura, which barreled across the Louisiana and Texas coastlines overnight, leaving entire towns underwater, plowing over neighborhoods and killing at least six, including a 14-year-old girl. Along the coast, the destruction goes on for miles from above. You can see what's left of Cameron, Louisiana, where the storm came ashore, sending a storm surge more than 10 feet high over homes and businesses and tossing mobile homes and cars blocks from where they once sat. Laura's 150 mile per hour winds also ripped across much of the state overnight, leaving rooftops shredded and tearing homes from their foundations. Nearly a million people are without power in the region tonight and rescue crews are still working to make their way through some of the hardest hit areas. In Westlake, Louisiana, thick, toxic smoke is still billowing from a plant that makes pool chemicals after the ferocious storm set off a chlorine fire there. This evening, families who live nearby are being told not to leave their hurricane-damaged homes because of the dangerous fumes caused by the burning chemicals. And as we come on the air, Laura is still churning north dumping heavy rain into Arkansas and setting off tornado warnings across that state. Well, there's a lot of new reporting to update you on tonight, and our team of correspondents is standing by to cover it all. CBS's Omar Villafranca is going to lead off our coverage tonight after flying over some of the worst storm damage in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Good evening, Omar. Nora, this is what several hours of 150-mile-an-hour winds can do to a building. At this aviation school, these hangars are just piles of twisted metal. And farther down here, you can see that big airplane. Parts of it were just ripped off. We decided to survey the damage from the air, and we saw that parts of southwestern Louisiana are unrecognizable. This is where the hurricane slammed into the coast with winds up to 150 miles per hour. And from the air, it looks like roofs were ripped off of homes and walls were collapsed. The buildings that are still standing are submerged. Hurricane Laura rammed the Gulf Coast early this morning as a Category 4 hurricane, bringing heavy rains and winds powerful enough to knock over an RV. Winds up to 150 miles per hour shook high-rise buildings and ripped down power lines. Nearly a million households in Texas and Louisiana are without power. I was just on the phone with the White House uh, just before walking out here. Uh, well, we're going to need some help. The storm cut a huge swath of devastation across southern Louisiana. At least six people in Louisiana were killed when trees toppled onto houses. Buildings in Grand Lake were flattened by the storm, and the high winds knocked dozens of rail cars off the track. The roof was completely torn off this building down to the rafters. A floating casino ended up jammed underneath a bridge. The sides of this huge boat were peeled back by the high winds. This football stadium is partially underwater. Shortly after the storm made landfall, a fire broke out at a Lake Charles chemical plant. Smoke could be seen billowing for miles. Local residents were told to shelter in place and close their windows. Orange, Texas suffered significant damage, but Governor Greg Abbott said East Texas was largely spared. We dodged a bullet. Back in Lake Charles, Barbara Thomas has a mess to clean up, but she is thankful tonight. You can hear the the shingles coming off and hearing things, but uh, it's not as bad as I had thought it might be. While people start to survey the damage and start picking up, 
Louisiana Governor John Bell Edwards told me and reminded us we are still in a pandemic and he wants people to keep their guard up so they can avoid a medical disaster. Nora. Omar Villafranca, thank you. Now to the heartbreaking story of that 14-year-old girl killed overnight by a falling tree. It happened in the city of Leesville, Louisiana. That's about 100 miles inland from the coast. CBS's Jonathan Bigliotti spoke today with her family. As Hurricane Laura barreled down central Louisiana, Cynthia Miller was doing what she loved most, reading. She was really smart. She wanted to go to like Harvard or Ivy League and she wanted to be a marine microbiologist. Cynthia, her two sisters, and their parents rode out the hurricane in their home. Their town of Leesville was not under evacuation, and mom and dad thought it would be safe. It was scary. It was, it was dark. It was terrifying. There was rain, wind everywhere. It, it sounded huge. We went to ride out the storm in our parents' room, and um, everyone was sitting in there, and then uh, the tree, it came down. What's left of that bedroom tells the rest of this story. So I walked to try and find Cindy because she wasn't talking, and uh, I tried to wake her up, and she wouldn't wake up. She was pinned under the tree. She's pinned under the tree. Cynthia was killed, and help was unavailable. The two-mile stretch of road to their house covered in trees. The sheriff's office spent five hours on foot using chainsaws to create a pathway. The Millers don't have much money, but in their corner of this bayou, they had family and a dream now shattered. She was going to do something big. Cynthia was the first confirmed fatality from this hurricane, and the truth is we don't know how many more people there are. There are a lot of homes that look just like this one. The Sheriff's Department has their work cut out for them tonight, Nora. Jonathan Vigliotti, thank you. We're going to turn now to some breaking news coming in from Kenosha, Wisconsin. 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse has just been charged with first-degree reckless homicide and use of a dangerous weapon. Rittenhouse is accused of shooting and killing three people Tuesday night at a protest over the police shooting of Jacob Blake. And tonight, we're learning new details about those two incidents. CBS Mola Lange reports tonight from Kenosha. Tonight, continued calls for justice for Jacob Blake, the officer who fired those seven shots, now identified as Rustin Chesky, a seven-year veteran of the Kenosha Police Department. Authorities also say police found a knife on the floor of Blake's SUV. The incident fueling frustrations over systemic racism. As the aftermath of Tuesday's shooting gets a closer look. Hey, he just shot them! Alleged gunman Kyle Rittenhouse walking away, gun in tow, as people scream that he just shot protesters. One law enforcement officer seeming to ask Rittenhouse if anyone was hurt. Someone injured straight ahead. Two incidents, two videos, with some asking why, two different responses. If there were the same amount of black men walking around with those AKs or ARs or whatever, I'm not a gun person, I think the outcome would be a little bit different. And tonight, Hannah Giddings speaks to CBS News. She's the girlfriend of Anthony Huber, who was shot and killed while trying to stop the gunman Tuesday night. Who knows what could have happened if he hadn't done that? <laughs> and it's just not fair that he had to die like that. Well, Kyle Rittenhouse will have an extradition hearing in Illinois tomorrow. Meanwhile, here in Kenosha, you can hear a peaceful rally going on behind me. But the three nights of unrest here left many small businesses damaged or destroyed. 
The mayor of Kenosha told me today that he's turning to state and federal officials to help get those business owners some financial relief. Nora? Mololengi, thank you. Tonight, four big league baseball games are postponed, and at least nine NFL teams called off practice, all in response to the Jacob Blake shooting. NBA players voted today to get back on the court after a walk-off led by some of the league's biggest stars. Here's CBS News special correspondent James Brown on this unprecedented moment in sports. The uncertainty of whether the season would resume was in doubt after reports the Los Angeles Lakers and the L.A. Clippers wanted to cancel the season. The Milwaukee Bucks did not come out for warm-ups. The Milwaukee Bucks' refusal to take the court Wednesday resulted in all three playoff games being postponed as they demanded justice for Jacob Blake. Despite the overwhelming plea for change, there has been no action. So our focus today cannot be on basketball. It was soon an avalanche of reactions. Players in the WNBA, Major League Soccer, and Major League Baseball postponed their games in solidarity. Met slugger Dominic Smith spoke through tears about the burden of being black in America. People still don't care. And for, for this, it's continuously happening. I mean, it just shows um, just the hate in people's heart. The players have gone as far as they can go. Sports writer William Roden says the protests are powerful but won't bring about change on their own. Power rests with the men and the women who run these pro leagues, who who own these teams. They're going to have to speak to the legislatures, to the politicians in their respective cities if we're going to actually begin to have reform. And JB joins us now, and I know you've been talking to and listening to players, coaches, and executives from the NBA and other leagues. What are they saying? Some of the key points, Nora, that there's a palpable sense by many of the athletes that we're at a serious crossroads in society. Number two, they say they don't think that there's a true commitment on the part of leadership in general to make serious changes. And therefore, because they have a platform, they feel they have a moral responsibility to advocate on behalf of the marginalized in order to effect real change. And they will continue that. JB, thanks for joining us tonight. Today, the NBA player walk-off drew scorn from President Trump, who says the league has become too political. This is the president is expected to call for law and order in his speech tonight at the Republican National Convention in the wake of the unrest in Wisconsin. We get more now from CBS's Weijia Zhang. President Trump will present a positive picture of the country in his speech tonight, but a triple threat of crises could contradict his optimistic vision. The coronavirus continues to claim American lives. Calls for social justice are growing louder, and people are just starting to rebuild after Hurricane Laura ravaged the Gulf Coast. At FEMA headquarters today, the president acknowledged the storm almost upended his convention. I was actually prepared to postpone the speech tonight. With his handling of the pandemic a constant drag on his poll numbers, President Trump will tout in his speech tonight a $750 million deal to buy 150 million COVID-19 rapid tests. But it's another mixed signal, as the CDC said this week testing may not be necessary following exposure to the virus if you're asymptomatic. Amid the protests and violence following the Kenosha shooting, President Trump will again preach law and order tonight. Asked about the NBA boycotts, he called the league a political organization. 
I think people are a little tired of the NBA. Donald Trump has failed. Kamala Harris today took aim at the president's failures during the early days of the pandemic. Donald Trump froze. He was scared. Joe Biden rejected the president's claim that a Biden win will lead to lawlessness. Donald Trump saying uh, you're not going to be safe in Joe Biden's America. All the video being played is being played in Donald Trump's America. President Trump just made a brief appearance to check out his lectern for tonight and greet guests here on the White House South Lawn, where you can see the chairs are in place and almost touching with no social distancing. The Trump campaign says they are following strict protocols like encouraging face masks. Nora? Weijia Zhang, there's an extraordinary amount of people expected on the South Lawn there. Thank you. And this programming note will have live coverage of the Republican National Convention. That's beginning tonight at 10 Eastern and 9 Central. And we hope you'll join us again. Tonight, there's a new simple, cheap and fast coronavirus test that was just approved by the FDA and is being hailed as a game changer. While the CDC and other health officials come under fire for changing guidelines on who should be getting tests in the first place. Now, this says today the death toll in this country from COVID-19 passes 180,000. Here's CBS's Manuel Bohorkas. The FDA gave Abbott's $5 antigen test emergency approval and results in 15 minutes could help screen who can board a plane or enter a classroom. But antigen tests are generally less sensitive than lab tests, and that can increase the risk of a false negative. The development comes amid sharp criticism of new CDC guidelines, which no longer recommend testing some who have been exposed to the virus but have no symptoms. Why limit who should be tested? It it makes no sense whatsoever. Dr. Allison Galvani, a Yale scientist, questions why the White House Coronavirus Task Force would push the change through. Leading health organizations are also critical, including the American Medical Association, which called it a recipe for community spread. Today's CDC director, Dr. Robert Redfield, tried to clarify, saying testing those individuals may be considered. Strong enough, in your opinion? No, no, absolutely not. The pre-symptomatic phase is actually when they are most infectious. It seems inevitable that this policy guidance will exacerbate transmission and will lead to many, many unnecessary deaths. Already, the governors of five states say they will not abide by it. Manuel Bohorquez, CBS News, Miami. Tonight, we're getting word that more than two dozen missing children have been rescued in an operation carried out by U.S. Marshals and Georgia investigators. The agencies called it Operation Not Forgotten. Investigators fanned out across two cities, Atlanta and Macon, to locate the children. Nine people were arrested on charges that include sex trafficking and kidnapping. Well, it's now easier to find out if your car or your child's car seats have been recalled. Today, the government launched a smartphone app that does just that. All you have to do, enter your vehicle ID number or information about car seats, and you will automatically get a notification if a repair is needed. Now, the app is available for download starting today. Get your pencil ready, nhtsa.gov slash safercar dash And now this story, no bones about it, a dinosaur named Shady is now the big man on campus at Westminster College in Missouri. Shady is a 66-million-year-old triceratops named after the town of Shade Hill, South Dakota, near the site where the giant skull was unearthed by Westminster students. Now, Shady's skull is seven feet long and weighs three 
thousand pounds. That's pretty cool. The pandemic could have ruined a couple's special day, but instead they made it even more memorable. Here's CBS's Jamie Yukis. When Melanie and Tyler Topenia's wedding reception was canceled because of coronavirus, it didn't stop them from spreading the love. I just looked at Tyler, I was like, let's donate the food. After a scaled-down backyard ceremony with a canine best man, the bride and groom, still clad in tux and gown, headed to a Cleveland-area shelter. We wanted this to be like they were going to a wedding, so they really felt like they were at a special event that day. Their wedding night dinner wasn't glamorous. Uh, most of the kids just wanted like big bowls of mac and cheese. Uh, and it was delicious. It, was, <laughs> it, really it was, was all delicious. But the donation was enough to feed their special guests for another five days. Did you learn a lesson in this? That even in hard times, you can give back. Do you guys think you'll redo and have like a big wedding? I honestly love the way everything unfolded. And there's a little boy with cupcake <laughs> all over his face. And that picture made it all worth it. <laughs> How's that for something blue? Jamie Ucas, CBS News, Los Angeles. And get this, Melanie and Tyler plan to make this an annual tradition. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, we're on the road with a special anniversary inspired by a country hit. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so that you can watch us later. That is tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. We'll see you at 10 Eastern, 9 Central for our continuing coverage of night four of the Republican Convention. See you then. It was the biggest scandal in pop music. The stars of Milli Vanilli, the Grammy-winning multi-platinum R&B phenomenon, were exposed as frauds. But none of this was their idea. So whose idea was it? Enter German music producer Frank Farian. He saw the success of acts like Michael Jackson and Prince, and he wanted in, no matter the cost. So he devised the perfect pop heist. Two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? They couldn't sing. But Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies and takes a never-before-heard look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when the truth came out, Rob and Fab were the only ones who got burned. Looking back now, it's hard not to wonder, why did everyone blame them? and not the man pulling the strings. Follow Blame It on the Fame, Millie Vanilli, on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert, and I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. And how long have you been the, the producer of this? We've been doing this for two years now. Okay. And and what is it like to attempt to uh, get feedback from me about the podcast? Be honest about how quickly I respond to emails. You actually respond to emails surprisingly fast. Really? I, I think you might be the only person I respond to. <laughs> I respond to quickly. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. I expected I expected you to lay into me. Well, this was over the strike period. Oh, I had time. Yeah. See, that, that, does, that doesn't count. <laughs> Sure, I responded to everything because responding to you, putting reruns up on the podcast, was like a form of employment. Yeah. And I felt like I had something to get up for every yeah. day. So thank you for that. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.